Welcome, everybody, to the fifth episode. Actually, yes, we have reached five episodes of the Work Shoot Wrestling Podcast with your host, Corey J. Richmond from the Bronx, New York. And I am joined by Jason Brooks, who is stationed against his will in Rochester, New York. Jay, how you doing on this day? I'm good. Stationed against my will. Like, I have someone holding me here like I'm in prison. Well, you know, this does feel like a prison, Rochester does, because it's so cold and it snows so much, you just can't get out of the area. They just keep you in. They actually canceled flights today. That's how cold it is here. It was minus 20 with the wind chill. Oh, yeah, still at school. Pretty good for the kids to walk in this. Um, anyway, you can check us out at, um, we're on Twitter, at Worked Shoot Pod. So definitely check us out on Twitter. I live tweet Raw, I live tweeted the Rumble. So if you're interested in that, um, you know, definitely check us out on Twitter. Obviously, I put links up to the, the podcast and other things. So, yeah, just check us out on Twitter. And uh, speaking of, you know what? I thought it was a pretty boring weekend. Nothing big on the wrestling world going on this week. I was able to just chill out. I'm a hockey fan, able to watch, you know, the Devils-Ranger game and have to watch that disaster with being a Devils fan, being up 3-1 and then, you know, giving up six straight goals. But that's another subject. But, you know, for, for a week in wrestling, I don't think anything really went on. I mean, did anything go on in wrestling this weekend? <laughs> yeah, a whole, crowd, a whole crowd turned heel on the company. The crowd literally turned against their company, against the company that they were in the building to root for, essentially. Oh, that's right. We had the Royal Rumble. Yes, yes, the Rumble. A guy in skinny jeans decided to put on tights and won. What a novel concept. Yep. Hashtag skinny jeans. I love that. Um, but speaking of, we had the 2014 Rumble from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, where there was some ups, some downs, and some stuff that will make people scratch their head. I guess, you know what, we should start with the... There are two big stories coming out of the Rumble this weekend. One is they created two stars, at least in my opinion, in Dan... Uh, not Daniel Bryan, because he wasn't uh, in the Rumble. But uh, they went and created Bray Wyatt, and they created, at a whole new level, 12 eliminations in the Rumble itself, Roman Reigns of the Shield. And then, like I said, the secondary story is the fact that Daniel Bryant was not in the Rumble, which a lot of people are upset about. But something we will talk about is, can fans be upset about a person not being in the Rumble when he was not advertised to be in the Rumble? Cause yes. You can... The fans can be upset about whatever the heck they want to be upset about. If their beer was warm, they could be upset. If their nachos were cold, they could be upset. They could be upset about whatever they want to be upset about. Well, I mean, just I mean, like I said, I'm upset as a, as a fan that we did not see Daniel Bryant, but there are people on the other end that will say that they never advertised him being well, in the Rumble. But that, but he's one of the top guys in the company. That doesn't, that doesn't even make sense. So yes, they didn't advertise him, but could, could you be upset that your favorite guy was not in the Royal Rumble, and he sounded like he was the arena's favorite uh, wrestler not being in the Rumble? Absolutely. Absolutely, he should have been in there. Is there anyone you feel worse for right now? I know he makes a lot of money and he's he sells tons of merchandise, but the man who went entered thirty in the Rumble, a fan favorite, Rey Mysterio, became public enemy number one when they did not hear Daniel Daniel Bryan's music to end that Rumble. A guy who has been the f- over like Rover for years, that you know was basically booed out of the building when Rey Mysterio coming in because people. 
didn't realize that Ray had, you know, that either that Ray was in the Rumble to begin with, or that you know they just thought, eh, okay, there's one guy left. We'd have a surprise. I mean, It'll when be Daniel Bryan. Watching it, did you not think that it was going to be Bryan? I mean, I, we're, you know, I was watching it with a couple of buddies, and we we're trying to think of who was going to come out, and we were trying to think of the guys, and we we're like, oh, it's got to be Bryan. And then here comes Rey Mysterio. <laughs> oh, it's like the disappointment of the century. I mean, if you're the WWE and you hear the fans going that crazy, I don't know how you don't say, let's bring him out. Even if he doesn't win, then you make Batista a monster heel. I mean, it just, the fans are just more, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know what they were thinking about at the end there. Oh, absolutely. I was with the 10 other people that we were, uh, saw the show with, including uh, Eddie Z and Chris Wizard, who uh, do their own podcast, The Kitchen Sink, which uh, you could also hear on Podomatic, um, which is a very good show, to say the least. I mean, you know, they have very different opinions on certain things that we do, but we'll get into that as things go on, especially when it came to Raw. Um, but, yeah, at number 30, everyone was expecting it. I'm pretty sure everyone in where I was in most places, was expecting to see Daniel Bryant. Um, it would have even been, you know what, if Daniel Bryant came out dressed as Rey Mysterio with the mask, and he wins the Rumble, and everybody would know because of the beard, but he goes and wins the Rumble, takes off the mask or something. I understand. I mean, you had a thing where they spoke on Raw in, you know, the thirty in the three minutes of Waste of Space match that R-Truth had with Fandango. You had uh, Xavier Woods say that, you know, someone stole his number. That's why he wasn't in the Rumble. We could have not, you know, I, mean, I guess that's a heelish thing, but I mean, you could have not Daniel Bryan. Xavier number got lost. <laughs> well, with, with his mustache, you know, because that, that's no longer there either, as yeah, uh, yeah. you saw. Especially, and also, you know, whatever they're trying to do with Emma, you know, but that's something By for the way, time. For, yeah, I know this is an aside. Well, was that segment not horrible with Xavier Woods? talking about whatever his Ph.D. is in. And God bless the guy for having a Ph.D., but nobody cared. It yeah. was just so awkward with him and JBL. Oh, it was terrible. Well, from what, you, from what I've heard is the fact that segment basically happened was because uh, Vince McMahon went to uh, one, of the two, one of the two colleges that they spoke about, so it was just basically putting over McMahon's college. So, I mean, as silly as that is. Oh, Jesus. Exactly. But, no, back to the Rumble, I mean... I, I agree with you. I think we spoke about this before. Daniel Bryant should have uh, should have won the Rumble, or at least been in it. And basically, that that crowd sabotaged that event when they realized he wasn't in it. And I don't know if that's you know the term of the day if that's what's best for business. Yeah, I think that's the thing that confuses you. As a say, you're. Not us. Like, you don't follow the product, like, you know, as deep as we do and do a podcast. And you're not a thirty mid-30s man watching professional wrestling still. Say you're a kid and you're 12 or 11 or 13. And they keep talking about what's best for business. So basically, what's going to make the most money? And you're thinking, well, I would think the most popular guys would be the guys that would make the most money. And you're watching this Royal Rumble. And the crowd is chanting for one guy the entire Rumble. Who lost the opening match? Also interesting to note, they did not really boo Bray Wyatt. That's how that shows you how much how tremendous of a match that was and how over he's starting to get with the crowd. But I digress. So you're sitting there watching it, and they're cheering for one guy the whole time. And then he's not in the rumble. So logically, wouldn't you think 
Are they really doing what's best for business? The guy who everybody's chanting for isn't in the Royal Rumble? It, it Logically, it doesn't even really make sense. And you know what? I think that what they try to do on Raw, I don't think was the best solution to that by any stretch either. But moving on, I thought the Rumble itself was a, was a good Rumble. I mean, it's not the best Rumble I've ever seen, but you had, like I said, we built a star last night, Roman Reigns. Who had twelve eliminations? You uh, had Seth Rollins looked really good. I mean, I think Punk was kind of lost in the Rumble. He was just basically there. I mean, you had another Kofi spot. Actually, you had two Kofi spots in the in the Rumble. Uh, you went and set this possible seeds for uh, Goldust and Cody with Goldust accidentally, you know, eliminating Cody. Yes, absolutely. Uh, you went and had a you know some some. You introduced a new guy who I hope stays in NXT for a little bit while longer. With, Rusev? Uh, with Rusev, who looks like he's lost, but I mean... What do you mean he looks like he's lost? He looked, he looked good. I mean, that's a hard spot for him to be in in his first appearance on WWE television. I mean, he came in. It's a rough spot. I thought he looked good. I didn't think, you know, watching NXT, most of those guys are small. And so he looked a lot bigger against those guys, where when he went up against the WWE guys, he did not look as big. So that was the only thing I noticed. He didn't look as big as intimidating a presence. But, you know, I thought he looked good. Uh, I think that that wasn't necessarily the best spotlight for him, though, that event. I mean, you also had the return of Sheamus. I mean, you had some good things, character you know, development. By, by, by the way, we got to talk about Sheamus. You want to talk about him now, or do you want to wait until we get into the uh, uh, just real, Just really quick. Why did they bring him back as the same character? It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense to bring this guy back as the literally the exact same guy that fans were getting bored with as before he got hurt. It doesn't make any sense. We can talk about it more later, but that that just that absolutely puzzled me. And if you follow uh, Jason on Twitter during Raw, you saw that at. Uh Work shoot pod. So uh, I saw that, you know, as I caught up with the show because I started a little bit late because, you know, I can't stand commercials. You know, I love the advertising bucks, you know, whatever. But, um, you know, it, it does stink to be maybe Biggie Langston, who had Drew 29 and basically nobody cared about in the Rumble. Uh, some other guys that, you know, maybe nobody cares about. I'm not sure that I see Big E getting the push that everyone was kind of thinking he was going to get earlier. I don't think he can talk. I, I just don't think he can talk well enough. Uh, Sandow was in there for, you know, basically, what, a cup of coffee? He was the first one eliminated. I think he was in there for three minutes and 34 seconds, something like that. Yeah, um, you know, I don't think, you know, Dolph Ziggler took two bumps for a guy who's just coming back from a concussion. I don't know if that was, uh, you know, I mean, he got a nice pop from the crowd. Uh, you know, I mean, Fandango was in there for a couple of minutes. Uh, Del Rio had his spot where he gets eliminated by Batista. But like I said, the guy who I, I almost feel like, uh-oh, like you just said, is Big E. He gets number 29 in the Rumble, and it's basically like he was never even in the Rumble. And, man, he was lathered up, by the way. Big E, let's... Slow down on the oil. Jesus. Um, I don't even know how to follow that comment, but good to know. <laughs> now, was there anybody in the Rumble besides uh, Roman Reigns that really stood out to you? I mean, Rollins being in for so long, 
Um, I think the one thing I thought about Rollins is the fact that they put him in in the beginning and kept him in for so long shows that they have some trust in him. Um, so I think that bodes well for his future. And the guy who we thought was going to be the most over member of the Shield, uh, Dean Ambrose, is the guy who really might be more of a background guy. I don't want to say that for sure necessarily, but, you know, they really did a good job. I mean, he was in the Rumble for, you know, 48 minutes. So they did a good job with him. I'm kind of looking over guys who were in the Rumble. No one really stood out. You know, a lot of guys were in there for not too much time. I mean, out of the 30 guys... 14 of the guys were in there for under ten, under 8 minutes. So there weren't that many guys who stood out. And then they made Cesaro look good. They made Sheamus look good. Uh, Ambrose wasn't there for a long time as well. But really no no real standout guys in the Rumble. Uh, a couple more notes on the Rumble. We spoke about for a moment in passing, but that match between Bray Wyatt and Daniel Bryant was a terrific match. Uh... When it first started, I thought it was going a little... I know you're going to kill me for this, but I thought it was going a little long. But the way it paced and kept on building, it really was the best match on the card. Easily. And, and you know what? And I think that's what disappoints fans even more about the Daniel Bryan situation is the fact that he has this incredible match. You, the, usually, And we spoke about this last week, which I just want to say I actually got every, uh, every one of my picks right on the pay-per-view. Uh, here we go. Just saying, you know. Here we go. I mean, I did, I did say Daniel Bryant was going to win, but I said if he's not in it, Batista's going to win. So I'm going to take a ha- half a check mark for that. Oh, okay, okay. But uh, the fans really remember everything from last week. Right, go I'm ahead. just saying, you know, they might actually decide to listen back every once in a while. You know, insomnia happens. You need, to, need something to fall asleep to. But uh, Bray Wyatt gets the win. And then, of course, you know, we all expected if – if Daniel Bryan's going to do uh, do the job, and in no way was that match you know a job type of thing, he'd come in and be, and then maybe you know get his heat back by the end of the night. But that didn't happen. But Bray Wyatt looked like a star, and I think that almost gets forgotten in the way that he was treated the next night on Raw, which we'll get into a little bit later. But Bray, I think Bray looked very good. I think that his interaction with Cena later on in the night was done very well. And I think, like I said, I think Bray Wyatt and Roman Reigns are the two biggest things that come out of this show, but are unfortunately overshadowed by the fact of Daniel Bryan not being in the Rumble. Yeah, I agree with that. I think, you know, if you're watching it from, okay, this is the first time I'm watching wrestling, you know, who are the guys who they care about the most? And, you know, Wyatt was among those five guys, along with Batista, um, Reigns, and then watching it, it, obviously, Brian, you would not think that from watching the show, except for listening to the audience chanting for the entire show. Um, so, yeah, they made Wyatt look like a guy. I mean, and how many times, Corey, we come, we've talked about this, you know, before the podcast for years, that they don't make guys. For years. And Wyatt can work. He, he's, the, I mean, a top three talker, you know, in the company right now. He's awesome. He's awesome. And I'm so glad that they're giving this guy who created his own gimmick, came up with most of this stuff on his own, shot his vignettes on a handheld camera. I'm really glad that they're giving this guy the chance to, to run, you know, giving him the ball to run with. And I'm excited to see, you know, where they go with him and where his character evolves to. 
only thing that scares me about this is, I and we'll talk about this more in the upcoming weeks, but the current direction, which we have, everybody has been saying, is that it's going to be Bray Wyatt versus John Cena. Only thing I'm scared of is you build up Bray Wyatt, and if you're just going to feed him as the opponent for John Cena, John Cena is just going to either give an F5 or make tap out at at uh, WrestleMania. I don't know how much good that does. I mean, I'm hoping for the best, but you know what? I'm just hoping that Bray Wyatt is not being built up just so he could be fed to to the John Cena machine at WrestleMania. Well, I we we always talk about this, and you always you know we talked about this on the first podcast, the wins and losses thing, and I think this is going to be a common theme on the podcast in terms of our uh, you know disagreements. It doesn't matter if he loses to Cena at WrestleMania. I don't. I really don't think it matters. I think it matters that he's going against him. If Cena beats him in two minutes, then yes, that'll be an issue. But if they wrestle a good hard match, and Cena wins in the end, I don't think that'll be the worst result. I think that there's a good chance Wyatt's going to win, but I think if Cena wins, I don't think it's the worst result in the world for Wyatt. But it depends on how the match plays out. All right, uh, I guess the last thing, or last of one of two things that we'll talk about in regards to the Rumble is the guy that we just mentioned, John Cena versus Captain Boring, Randy Orton, had a match that I know that when we spoke earlier, you actually didn't mind. I thought with uh, the couple of blown spots and the crowd and everything else, I felt was not good, to say the least. But uh, Captain Boring and John Cena, that match was hijacked by the crowd from everything from chanting, this is awful, to wanting divas, to either chanting for, depending on what you believe, either for Kurt Angle, being that he was from Pittsburgh, or that was a di- or chanting for Daniel. Chant, there's been different reports on both sides of that. But basically, the crowd wanted Daniel Bryant, like we've been saying for this whole type podcast. They didn't get him, and they realized that the two guys who are being used in that main event spot instead of him were in that match, and they went and crapped on that match. Like, nothing you've seen since most likely Sheamus and Randy Orton at the Roar After Mania. I, I've never seen anything like that. I mean, we were, we were there for Sheamus and Orton, weren't we? Or, no, 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 I was not there for that. I was there a couple of weeks later um, in July. And, yeah, that, they, they did crap on that Sheamus and, and Randy Orton match. I've never in my life seen anything like that. Never. Not for a match that was supposed to be, you know, if, the, if it's the Miz against, you know, uh, Xavier Woods, okay. For the WWE World Heavyweight title match, two guys who have been there for 10 years, two guys who are the highest, they're the highest paid guys in the company, easily. It was amazing that the crowd absolutely turned on both of these guys. I've never seen anything like it, considering that this match was supposed to be such an important match, and the fans didn't give a crap. They did not care at all. Um, you know, the bigger question is, what does that say about the WWE? Do they say, well, you know what? No big deal. The crowd was just mad. Do they say, maybe we have to rethink what we're doing with these guys? I mean, that's the interesting thing, is do they think it was a one-time thing? Do they think that people are actually turning on these guys? Because that wasn't, okay, we're mad at Cena. That was, they didn't give a crap about the match, and they didn't want it on, they didn't want it in their ring. 
And you know what? It really stinks, I guess, to be John Cena's dad because, you know, you took a uh, quote-unquote, you know, injury angle and then during the pay-per-view it wasn't barely even mentioned ever. And, you know, you don't have John Cena make these big promos, you know, saying how he's going to beat, you know, Randy Orton in honor, you know, to get revenge for his father. I mean, it was... I feel like the whole, the whole storyline was so forced. Oh, absolutely. Oh, uh, I mean, it was one of the most forced storylines for a, you know, quote-unquote big match that I've ever seen before. Nobody cared. And I think the WWE is going to have to look at that in terms of what they're going to do from here on out. They need to make fans care about what's going on. And if they have a Royal Rumble with Orton and Batista as the main event, I, did, you know, I don't know how exciting that is. And they're going to have to figure out something, how to promote that and get people into that storyline. I don't, I don't know how they're going to do it. I mean, we have 68 days, as we're going to be told, day after day until WrestleMania. So they, they do have a bit of time. I mean, you still have the Elimination Chamber. And which is, I guess, in about 26 days, I believe, if I'm counting right. But um, I think this is going to be a very interesting couple of weeks to see where they go, what they change, what they think is best for business, that wonderful concept that we keep on hearing. But j- just to uh, close out our Rumble, uh, Royal Rumble talk this, this year, i glad to see that Lesnar basically destroyed... Uh, Big Show. Um, I mean, listen, you can say what you want. Big Show's a 45 or 40, whatever he is, mid-40s man. He got... Decimated. He got his ass kicked. I mean, chair shot after chair shot. Yes, wrestling is scripted. Yes, the results are completely scripted. But these guys do get their ass kicked sometimes. And the Big Show really did there. Oh, my God. It was just brutal hearing those chair shots. Um, we also had uh, the New Age Outlaws win the tag team titles on the pre-show, which was a much better match than we saw on Monday, which we'll talk about most likely in a couple of minutes. But I think if you want to go as a, if you want to give it a plus or minus grade for this pay-per-view, I would say it's most likely a maybe a slight plus. But I I can't get this an overwhelming success of a pay-per-view because of. The Bryant stuff and the fact that they crapped the crowd crapped on the uh, the world title match, but you know, like I said, you built two stars, which is a it's a good plus. So, like I, I said, I, I think it's a I think it's a gigantic plus. It's a gigantic plus, and they may have turned a guy into a modern day. We've talked about this last week, a modern day Stone Cold. They may have made a guy like that. The fans are so rabid. And want to see this guy win so badly that they're out of their mind. But you just wonder how, how if when do they actually pull the trigger, and if when they do pull the trigger, could it be too late? I'm hoping it won't be, and I know you think that this guy's gonna be over forever, and it doesn't matter how much they go and drag their feet. But uh, it will be interesting to see. You know, he's in the elimination chamber. We'll talk about how that happened in our next segment. But uh, once again, guys, you're listening to Worked Shoot Wrestling Podcast, and. We're on Twitter at Worked Shoot Wrestle. Oh, actually, that's not right. Uh, <laughs> worked Shoot Pod. Worked W R K E D Shoot Pod. All one word. Uh, I'm well. You know, at least when we give the uh, that information out, you don't say shoot as in you know kill someone, which I think uh, you may have said on the first one. But 
We'll, uh, we'll figure that out as we go along. But we will be back momentarily. Like I said, I thought the Rumble was a little bit... Uh, it was a, most likely a slight thumbs up. I thought it was a solid show. A very solid show. And uh, we will give our takes on Raw momentarily. Be right back, guys. Oh, did someone not get what they wanted? Oh, that's too bad. It was an incredible night. And it was a night where our good friend returned after four years to defeat 29 other superstars and win the Royal Rumble. And Dave Batista secured his spot in the main event at WrestleMania. And we're back with segment two of the Worked Shoot Wrestling Podcast with Corey Richmond and Jason Brooks. Uh, howdy to you, too. Uh, segment one, uh, we spoke about the Royal Rumble. Now we're going to talk about what happened the following night. Monday Night Raw from uh, Cleveland, Ohio, which we were told quite a bit we were from there on this particular evening with some good, some bad, and... Uh, some ugly. Some ugly, yes, yeah, some quite ugly. But let's start with the beginning of the show, with the authority coming out, being basically told how much they wanted to see uh, Daniel Bryant, and uh, basically Stephanie McMahon actually playing it off quite well uh, compared to what it could have been with her basically mocking them, saying, yes, yes, it was a great event. And Triple H... She did a good job. By the way, Steph has gotten a lot better on the mic from earlier in her career. She does a good job. I really, really enjoy her. Unlike the other female authority character on TNA, Dixie Carter. I think Stephanie does a good job. And they also don't put her out there all show. So they do a good job with her when she's out there. And that will be our TNA plug of the week. Um, But let's get back to... uh, then you had Triple H come out, and as you heard, coming back from break, him basically taunting the fans, telling them, we're going to give you what we want to give you. And we found out that the Elimination Chamber will be for the World uh, Unified Heavyweight Championship of the World of Worlds of this and that, besides the fact that we still have two title belts and we have one champion, but whatever. I like the two title belts for now. It, it makes it look, I don't know, I think it makes it look ridiculous where uh, Captain Boring comes out and he, can, he has to figure out a way to hold both belts and still hold a mic and then try to figure out, all right, I'm going to hold one on each shoulder. Didn't Jericho, and it's just, didn't Jericho have two belts? For a very short period of time. Yeah, I mean, for a little while. I, don't, I like the two belts. And I think it shows both, because it shows both are important. Yeah, but doesn't, the, but doesn't that kind of almost say... All right, there's still two belts, so we could get rid of the unified title anytime we want, as long as we have to, we're showing you that there are two belts. And I just think there should be one belt. Well, I guess the, the thing is, maybe there should be one belt, but it's Orton the guy to get that belt. Because that's going to be the significant part, is when they decide to make the one belt and give it to somebody, anybody, we'll see who. Um, we know it won't be Kofi Kingston, but whoever they decide to give the belt to... Probably John Cena. Who are they going to give the belt to? What's it going to look like? I, I find all that pretty fascinating, too. Because they just changed the belt last year. True. Um, but we had that opening segment with the authority and then the interruption by Daniel Bryant. 
And we heard a lot of interesting things in that segment. We heard the fact that our friend Dave Batista has come back, which hints at possibly uh, him either being with the authority or feuding against the authority. So we had that. We had the fact that Daniel Bryant wanting in, wanting to be in the Elimination Chamber and saying, you know, all the times in the past, whenever you wanted me to work multiple matches, I was there, and now you're not letting me in the Rumble. Continuing the idea of management, the man wants to keep me down. So we had we had a couple of little pitch, uh, things in there, and then we also had the Shield coming out, setting up the main event for the evening. But uh, what did you get from that opening segment, Jay, that you'd like to uh, speak about today? So uh, a couple of things. Um, he He's still writing about the machine thing. Um, on Twitter, he, he wrote that... Um, you know, sorry, guys, the machine wanted me nowhere near a Royal Rumble match, but I thank everyone for their support. Um, they try to keep us down and away from top spots, but they can't ignore the reactions forever. Those are a couple of the tweets that Daniel Bryan had. Remember, he talked about the machine earlier, where he stated that the machine won't let me win, and that's why he joined the Wyatts in the first place. So, I think that this is going to be a recurring theme. Uh, and I'm glad that they're, they're, they are actually, it seems like they're continuing something that they've mentioned. And it'll be interesting to see where it goes. I hated what Triple H said the, the, when, he was whine, when he made that whiny voice about the fans not getting what they want. If you're doing what's best for business, you're supposed to give the fans what they want. So that's BS. So I don't like that. It also reminds me of that snarky Triple H way about him. How he's been in his career, um, always needing the, t- the title always needing to be champions since Stone Cold and The Rock left. So it reminded me of that snarkiness, which I, I, I hated and couldn't stand. Um, I like the fact that Brian was out there in the beginning um, and that they did kind of put him over at least a little bit as a big guy because he was the first guy out there, you know, at 8 o'clock. Um, I thought the segment was okay. Um, the shield at the end I thought was, was fine. I didn't love it, but I thought it was a way that they saw to end it. Um, then I'll be interested to see where they go. Now, what did you think of, though, the Batista being basically mentioned as yeah. possibly being part of the authority? So a couple of things about the Batista thing in general. So um, a couple of websites have reported, um, I believe the Bleacher Report reported this, or PWI, um, that there is heat on Batista... I don't know if you guys have, you know, read the news or saw what happened, but after the match, Batista gave some fan the middle finger for, I don't know why. Um, Batista was legitimately upset that he felt like his his Royal Rumble match was, I don't know, I don't want to say ruined, but that the fans did not react positively to him winning the Royal Rumble after being gone for five years. Uh, He also mocked the Yes chant as well. Um, and there is supposedly some backstage heat on him for doing that. So, you know, it'll be interesting to see if they do anything with that. I would like for them to do something with that, but we'll see. It does look like they're setting him up to be the corporate champion, but sometimes when they do that, when it seems obvious, they, they kind of swerve us. Uh, so we'll see what they, where they go with that. Now, would you like to see him be heel? Because, I mean, he is a much better heel character. Yes, yes a- Absolutely. Uh, he just, he looks like, he looks like an ass. Like, he looks like someone you want to boo. So I think, you know, with the 
you know, he wore skinny jeans last week. This week he looked like a construction worker. He's always got his sunglasses on. He just looks like like an ass. So he looks like someone you want to boo, and he's also done a lot better promos as a heel. So I would definitely like to see him be be a heel and join. And you know, if he was a corporate champion with the authority, you know, I wouldn't I wouldn't hate that. Okay. Um, now we also in that segment saw the return of uh, Sheamus to WWE television. He came back the night before in the Rumble. I'm so excited that he's back, Corey. Can you uh, you understand my excitement? I am so excited that Sheamus is back doing the same gimmick that he did six months ago when people were falling asleep and booing him. And I'm glad I was able to help you get that off your chest. Um, now we... <laughs> for those who cannot... Because we're not uh, doing a Google Hangout or anything, they can't actually see uh, Jay uh, dying over there smiling and laughing, so that's what got me for a second. But... I think that there were some really good moments in Raw. I thought there were some bad ones. I mean, it was nice to see that a guy like Kofi and Alberto Del Rio were able to get some time in a match. I agree. Um, I th- a little mini push for Kofi, I would say. He was in the main event last week. He won a match against the champion. Um, he had a nice couple spots at the Rumble. And Del Rio won, but he had a nice long match against Del Rio. So maybe they're looking to... Do something with them. Probably not. You know how that goes. But it would be nice if they actually gave him a little bit of a push. You know, from everything that's happened with Kofi recently, I think Kofi should be in the Elimination Chamber. What's your thoughts on that? I think that it would not surprise me at all if he was in the Elimination Chamber. Um, And I know we're going to talk about that, who they're going to put in there. But no, it wouldn't surprise me at all if he's the guy who's in the Elimination Chamber. Uh, So right now... We have four guys in the Elimination Chamber. We have the champion, Captain Boring. We have John Cena. We have Sheamus. And I guess this version of uh, DDP, the People's Champion, a.k.a. The Rock, Daniel Bryant, in that match. And we have two slots to fill. The way that we got to that point has been a bone of contention with with me and other people that we are friends with. Uh, a one Eddie Z. Uh, was basically thought it was fine. I thought that if you're going to go and build to a Wyatt versus the Shield at Elimination Chamber, that's great. But the way they did it just, to me, felt very clunky and didn't make a ton of sense. Why? Why did not feel? Why did not feel like it made sense to you? Because if the Wyatts are going to be doing a feud with John Cena and just came out of a feud with Daniel Bryant. Why do you go and attack them and get them into the chamber? And you're supposed to have this vicious, evil heel genius with uh, Bray Wyatt, and he goes and attacks people for 30 seconds, and it gets them into the main event trying to... If your thing is you don't want John Cena to be champion, because that would seem like the obvious reason why you, 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 uh, you interfered at the Royal Rumble, besides the fact that you know, he maybe didn't want to hear awful chants anymore and you know, didn't want to see divas... I, I got to wonder, if you don't want John Cena to be champion, why do you get him disqualified and give him another chance to be champion? Well, you know everything in wrestling doesn't make sense. But if this sets up a Wyatt versus The Shield uh, match at Elimination Chamber as one of the side matches, because you know the Elimination Chamber is going to be a long match. And if The Shield versus The Wyatt is one of those side matches, I, you know, I'd be okay with that. So 
yes, it doesn't seem to make a whole lot of sense. Um, and, and hopefully they'll explain that more next week. Um, but, you know, I think they did it. They did it to set up the Shield being mad at them and some type of match between those guys at the Elimination Chamber. But couldn't, couldn't you, I mean, how many times has either Seth Rollins or Dean Ambrose been pinned, and it hasn't meant anything. You could have not had Dean Ambrose take the pin from Daniel Bryant, and then right after that you had the Wyatts come down and try to attack, and you had a little bit of frustration between them and the Shield going at it again, like you had a couple of months ago. I mean, isn't that an well, easier to, way? But there's, but there's got to be a reason that the Shield are mad at them. They can't just be mad at them because of... You know, they stole their thunder. They have to be mad at them for a reason, and stealing their title opportunity is a good reason to be. Or, you know, they could have even done some sort of distraction that led to uh, trying to go and distract Cena, but all of a sudden, it you know, it distracted Dean Ambrose, and that's how they got the pit. I'm just saying, the way that's it happened was very that's clunky. That's not how the Wyatts work, though. You know how they work. They come from underneath. They did the, um, you know, when they, they the, 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 the ring went dark, or the... the, or the the lights go out. Yeah. I'm trying to get it out. Everything went dark, and then they came out. Well, it makes sense for everything to come out, you know, to be dark, and then they come out, and they're on the ring apron. And they're just watching the match. They're action. They're going to do something. And uh, Jason Brooks just explained childbirth to everyone in our audience. <laughs> I'm just saying, you know, it get dark, then there was... dark, and then a baby, a fetus comes out? Or Possibly. A baby comes out? Anything is possible in this this day and age. But um, I don't know. Like I said, also, though, you know, it's WrestleMania season. It almost, I almost felt like the way that it ended, you just had the faces in the ring. It was almost like you were waiting, at least when I was watching, like the authority was supposed to come out and maybe restart the match. Something. It just felt like a very abrupt ending to the show. And I thought that six-man tag was a really good match. It was. It just, I don't know. I just felt like... It ended just like okay. It's uh, it's eleven oh five Eastern. We don't want to do a run over this week. Uh, we're going off the air. Well, Corey, you mentioned uh, and, and we talked about it in the pre-show. You know, our, our pre-show, I guess, our getting ready for the show, our show prep. Why the reason that it ended like that was? Well, we had forty-seven uh, rewrites right of the show. I you know, they had a rewrite. They had the rewrites because of what happened with the crowd. What happened with Daniel Bryan at the Rumble. Um, yesterday, and if it's if, if for the for you guys out there who cheer for your guy, whoever it is, whether it's Shisaro, whether it's Cena, whether it's Orton, whether it's Daniel Bryan, the fans can change what goes on. You know, the fans at the Rumble on Sunday changed what was done on Raw from what we're hearing and from what's been reported. So always remember that. That if you're part of the audience, you can change the direction of the company, and you can change some of the things that are happening. Um, you, you do have the power in your hands, so to speak. You know, and I find that interesting. So, because of all the rewrites, they had to change it. So maybe it didn't make the most sense, but it accomplished what it had to accomplish. It got Brian in the in the elimination chamber, and it started a feud between the Shield and the Wyatts. And maybe it won't go that way. But the main objective was to get Brian, I feel like, in the Elimination Chamber. And it was mission accomplished. Um, I guess you could say, I, I mean, like I said, I didn't love it. I felt that there was kind of was just, I thought it was a dumb way to end Raw. I got no problem with. 
I thought last week was a dumb way to end Raw. I thought this was, it wasn't the best, but I thought it was fine. I, I thought it was all right. All right, I can, I'll accept that. I mean, like I said, it's a, to differ of opinion. I also think that, you know, you got to go and be uh, happy with a, something that happened on Raw. Brock Lesnar basically telling people that he wants the title. I mean, I, I still think that this is all going to be working around where he's just going to face the Undertaker and he's going to be destroying people, not getting his way. And then the day after, you know, Elimination Chamber with the network launch, we'll most likely hear the, the, the dong of the bell and the Undertaker will come out and it'll be Brock versus, you know, Undertaker. But I did like the fact that over the last two nights, Brock Lesnar has looked like a monster. Killing, killing the big show and then uh, killing the former tag team champions in a match that uh, you really needed someone to come out and kill. Because, you know, unlike uh, Sunday, the New Age Outlaws looked like they either they didn't want to be there or just looked plain old old. You know, I don't know if part of that wasn't the whole authority angle. With, um, you know, because you, you heard Roderick say we shouldn't even be defending our titles tonight. And even the announcers mentioned that Triple H could try to get them out of the match. So there could be something with that. Um, you know, they look okay. Uh, they're 50-year-old guys. So there's really only so much they can do with them. Um, they had to give them the title to advance some storyline. Probably the authority storyline. Because these guys are old, and to be going out there every week and wrestling, it's going to be quite a bit. Um, I don't know if they're going to be doing house shows and all that, but I, I can't see this run going past, you know, a couple of months past Mania. Uh, I hope it ends at Mania. I mean, I don't know who will, who will beat them. I'm, I would say it mostly will be the Usos, because I think it's just time to get them, give them the tag team titles. But, you know, we will see on that. But, you know what, something I did like from Raw this past week, I mean... I want to get more into this Brock Lesnar thing in a moment, go back to that, but I really like the fact of the Real Americans versus Mysterio and Sin Cara with the uh, Zeb Coulter basically uh, slapping the hell out of Jack Swagger and all of a sudden Swagger decided to wake up and, you know, show a little aggressiveness. And I don't know if that's leading to a Jack Swagger turning face, which I think would be a horrible idea, or, you know, or Cesaro, or Cesaro, who I think is a natural face. Turn and face, especially with, you know, the giant swing and everything else. I, I did like the idea, though, that Zeb Coulter, you know, is a little bit more the character, you know, being a little angry at the fact that, you know, Jet Swagger maybe not be holding his hand at the bargain. And I thought that was a good match for what it was. I thought it was a good match. I think the Real Americans, again, I think they do a good job against almost anyone they go against. As much as Swagger's not a great character and, you know, I find him, you know, kind of boring... I think he does a good job in the ring, and Cesaro's awesome. I was hoping they weren't going to do some they break up overnight. That would have really annoyed me. It's good that they did what they did. They, they you know, he slapped him. He got angry. They beat, you know, uh, Sin Cara and Mysterio, and they didn't mention it again. Maybe there'll be a little bit more at SmackDown or a little bit more in Raw. I'm okay with them breaking them up at some point. But don't do it right now. Don't do it immediately. Give me a little bit more of their, you know, of their tag team before you break them up. Now going back to Lesnar, do you? Th- what do you think? What did you? What did you think of the segment with uh, Lesnar, Captain Boring, and Batista? First of all, with Batista basically, you know, getting still booed out of the damn building because 
That crowd, every crowd, it looks like, is going to be taking out their anger of uh, Daniel Bryan out on, you know, Batista, Captain Boring, and Cena for, you know, for, for the foreseeable future. But what did you think of that segment? I, I thought that was kind of interesting, building in possible matches down the line and still making Lesnar look like a huge attraction with him later on the night coming out and killing, killing the roads. I mean, I really think that worked well for his character. And, you know, what did you think? Did you think, uh, did that make you any more interested in seeing Brock versus uh, either Lesnar, I mean, Brock either versus Lesnar, against himself, I guess, Brock versus Batista or Brock versus Orin? What was uh, your thoughts coming out of that segment? Yeah, I thought they did a great job of making Brock look strong. Um, Batista obviously is not going to be in the Elimination Chamber, but clearly Brock, I mean, I think there's no way he's not in the Elimination Chamber. Um, so I thought they did a great job of making him look strong. Um, Batista looked strong, of course. Uh, I really liked what they what they did there, and you're right. As far as that combination of different matches down the road, I liked how they, how they kind of set that up. And the big thing is what we talked about was making Brock look like he's a badass and he's a big deal. When he comes out, it's a big deal. Now, yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. Uh, now, what do you expect to see at Elimination Chamber? Do you expect to see Brock in the chamber? Brock versus yes. Batista? Batista no, I, versus I, Del Rio? Where do you see uh, that whole little thing going? Basically, what do you see Lesnar and Batista doing at the at the Elimination Chamber. I mean, don't you have to put Brock in the Elimination Chamber? I mean, Batista and Brock, the feud is not going to have that much time for them to get into it. Um, and I don't know what they're going to do to further that. Um, so I, I'd see Brock in the Elimination Chamber. He said he wanted to fight for the world title or the WWE World Heavyweight Championship. And so I think that's kind of what his objective is. And I think if he fights Batista, that's not... Or you could say that he... Also, who, who would you make win that match? You know, if Brock loses at the Elimination Chamber, it's not a big deal. But if he loses to Batista before Batista goes to, to WrestleMania, I, you know, I feel like that could be an issue too. So, do, you, do you really need a winner in that match? I mean, just have these two guys fight to like a no contest. I mean, uh, I mean it's, it's awful, but that's what they've been doing you know, for the last you know, six months. That's how they've been booking, you know, with all these awful finishes. But here's something that I just saw and I want your opinion on. The Elimination Chamber will be taking place in Minnesota this year, which is, quote-unquote, the hometown for Lesnar. Now, Lesnar, you as a heel, you would think, you know, should be getting booed. Do you think, though, they put him in a different match away from Daniel Bryant? So you don't have the two, you know, the two contra uh, contradicting each other. No, because I think what they're going to do is Heyman's going to come out and say something about, you know, Brock's from this town, but he hates it and he thinks it stinks and it's the worst town ever. So I don't, I think they'll figure out a way to get around Brock being from the town and the fans cheering for him. Mm -hmm. I think they'll figure out a way around that. And I guess here's the last thing on this particular subject: is elimination chamber. Who do you, I know that we don't know the last two guys, and we're speculating that Lesnar will be one of them. But who do you have win that match? Because do you go and if you put Lesnar in that match, you almost think Lesnar should win the match. 
because you don't want to get see him get you know beat again before a possible Undertaker feud. But at the same point, you have you have John Cena most likely in a WrestleMania match against the Wyatt, and then you got you know do you really want to beat Daniel Bryan again? I mean, there's rumors that you have Daniel Bryan going up against Sheamus at WrestleMania, so I guess... Oh, you my can... gosh, really? Is that one of the rumors? That's one of the things that has been, oh, you know... Oh, God, why? I guess, you I know... Seems... I... Can you ask me Can you ask me a question? Why the love for Sheamus? Uh, this guy? Because he's training buddies with uh, Triple H. I mean, does this guy move any merchandise? Does he... Do the fans love him? I don't see it. I think he's the kids better, are a big fan of the fella. What? I think the kids are. Uh, he does. I think he does well with the kids. I mean, maybe I'm missing something. And I like Sheamus, and I liked him as a heel a little better. And he's good in the ring. He's wrestled a lot of good matches, but his character is so corny. It's so corny. And I understand there's some gimmicks that are going to be that way, but for this guy. Being a main event guy, I don't think you want a guy to have a real corny gimmick as a guy who's a main event guy. It's fine for Xavier Woods or Santino or, you know, Great Khali, whoever. But for this guy to be a main event guy and he's the Celtic warrior and he's saying fella and he, he's just, he's a goof. He just, he's a goofball. And I don't want to see a goofball as the, as the, the champion or in a main event spot. I, I just think it's, I don't know. I think it's, I don't see it with him. Um, I think they need to do something else with his character, but, you know, I, you know I'm not writing a show, so. So, uh, who do you think wins? The, uh, of the guys that we have in the Elimination Chamber, who wins it? Because, like I said, do you do you want to beat Daniel Bryan again? Does Randy Orton just figure out another way to win and keeps on building towards Batista versus uh, Randy Orton? Do you have, you know, do you change plans? Do you go with Brock Lesnar against, you know, uh, Batista at Mania? I mean, in your mind, where do they go? Okay, so there's how many guys in the Elimination Chamber? Six? Six, and we know four of them right now. Okay. Okay, I I think you have to put Brock in there. And then you have to put, so you have, usually they like to split it up between heels and faces. You, You know, good guys and bad guys. Um, so that would be three bad guys and Two, two good bad guys. guys and three good guys, and so then you have to have another bad guy in there. Maybe a Roman Reigns, maybe a Bray Wyatt. But then, then you're not doing uh, the Shield versus the Wyatt family. Well, it could be Bray and um, the one who actually can wrestle, Luke Harper, against you know Ambrose and Rollins. You know, you could do something like that. Um, you could put. I mean, we mentioned it before during the commercial break. You mentioned Kofi. They could put him in it. But that means you have four, no four faces. I think he has a chance to win. I mean, you want to put someone in there because there's only one title now. You want to put someone in there who you feel like has a legitimate chance to win. Well, there's one name, and do you really want to beat him again going into WrestleMania? That name is CM Punk. Well, I mean, I guess he'd be the guy to put in there. But I think he might go against Kane. Which I agree with. I mean... I think that you got to get rid of that. I actually think it might be a decent match. Okay, if you say so. We'll agree to disagree on that one. King's, King wrestles good matches when he wrestles good guys. <laughs> All right. If he goes up against somebody good, he wrestles good matches. So he's John Cena. 
When he goes up against guys that are good, he has good matches. When he goes up against guys who are beneath him, he has terrible matches. I got you. Makes sense. Like, I got you. That, that's true. <laughs> and that laughing means that he knows I'm right. Now, last thing on Raw, and this is something that, as much as I praised them during the first segment, I'm going to give them crap for it because I just didn't get it. Twofold on this. One, I don't. maybe I'm wrong, but I didn't see any highlights from the match on, on Raw. And you never, and except for the last, you know, minute of the show, you didn't see Bray Wyatt at all on this show. And if you're making Bray Wyatt a star, he's going to feud with most likely Cena at Mania. The night after him having this huge impact in two matches, wouldn't it be uh, nice to actually maybe hear him cut a promo or say something? Maybe tell you why he went and took out John Cena the night after him becoming, you know, a star? I think they I misused think, him. I, I think I think we're in. We live in a world where we want everything immediately and it's instant gratification. Um, and I don't think. And maybe they had that plans and that was rewritten. I don't think they needed that immediately. I don't think we needed him to cut a promo last night. There was a lot going on yesterday, and I think that you don't want to take away from the impact that he had by trying to squeeze him into a, an already pretty packed show. So I'm okay with him not being, um, you know, cutting a promo because he will have plenty of time in the next few months to do that on John Cena as we approach WrestleMania. Well, then here's hoping, too, on the show that nobody watches SmackDown that Bray Wyatt, you know, maybe tells us something then. But uh, we'll be back with our third and final segment of this week's Worked Shoot Wrestling Podcast. And you can check us out on Twitter at Worked Shoot Pod. And, uh, We'll be back with uh, this week in wrestling history, the news, and a couple of the small things before we call it a day. We'll see you in a moment. The following is a paid advertisement from Vince McMahon. I'm going to kill. I'm going to kill what I've created. I'm going to kill my creation. I'm going to inject the WWF. I'm going to kill with a lethal dose of poison. If anybody's going to kill... Welcome back to the third and final segment of this week's Worked Shoot Wrestling Podcast. I am your host, Corey Richmond from the Bronx, and I'm joined by my co-host, Jason Brooks, who is uh, trying to figure out a way to escape the cold, to say the least, weather of Rochester, New York. I've heard that he has a couple of escape routes planned out. But, you know, for more on that and the news of the week and the history of this week in wrestling... I bring you my buddy and pal, Jason Brooks. What do you got for us, buddy? So there's no way I'm going to be able to escape. Because unlike the Shawshank Redemption, where uh, Tim Robbins crawled through the mud and the, the crap and the whatever, there's nothing to crawl through because it's all freaking frozen. <laughs> now on to this week in wrestling history. So uh, you and, want me to go and send you a Rita Hayward poster? Is that what you're trying to tell me? Please. Please. February 1st, 1993. The WWF at the time Hall of Fame is created. Andre the Giant is the first and only inductee at this time. Uh, one of the greats in the history of uh, wrestling. And if it wasn't for him, then Hulk Hogan wouldn't most likely be as big of a household name. Yes, we got Rocky, the Rocky movie, but also he, te- uh, he uh, passed the, uh, the torch at WrestleMania three with the uh, body slam heard around the world. I mean, if you think about the big feuds... From Hulkamania, you remember Roddy Piper, 
Andre the Giant, Ultimate Warrior, and Macho Man. You know, not a lot of guys, uh, not a lot of the guys in there. Um, January 28th of 2002, during an edition of WWE Raw, Vince McMahon revealed that if Ric Flair did not sell his half of the WWF to him, he would be forced to inject the poison into his creation and bring in the NWO. This set the stage for the first appearances of Kevin Nash and Scott Hall since 1995 in the then WWF and Hulk Hogan's return for the first time since June of 1993. And uh, the big thing that came out of that was the uh, WrestleMania match with Hogan and The Rock, which was basically the turning point. And it was a great match that, you know, you think Hogan in a match, you don't expect that, but that was one of Hogan's better matches. And this is uh, bringing in the idea that he is more than likely going to be back for WrestleMania 30 in some form. So it's amazing how last week we had the the beginning of, of Hulkamania. This week we had in wrestling history the return, the setting up the return of Hogan. And now at WrestleMania 30, Hogan looks like to, he'll be back again. We'll never, ever get rid of Hulkamania. <sighs> on to the, uh, unfortunately. Well, I mean, it depends on what kind of fan you are, but I, I'm all set. Um, on to the news of the week. PWA Insider reports that negotiations are ongoing between Sting and the WWE. Word is that a decision must be made within the next two weeks on whether or not Sting is going to join the company. There's a lot of speculation on what they're going to do with him. Uh, doesn't look like he'll wrestle Undertaker. Whether he gets, whether he, he, you know, even if he gets signed by the WWE, he may do some type of vignette or cameo at WrestleMania if he does appear and is signed by the WWE. Um, it was reported Monday by RF Videos Rob Feinstein, one of the uh, creators, one of the founders of Ring of Honor, that Sting has signed a deal with the WWE in the last 24 hours. Now, you know, yes. he's the only person that's reported that, yes. and Rob Feinstein's not exactly the most, uh, the greatest source, unless, you know, you want uh, maybe kitty porn. You know, he may not be the, the perfect source for these type of things, but hey, Sting is my favorite wrestler of all time, and if he's coming to the company, it's, it's always been a tricky situation for me. I'd love to see him on the biggest stage of them all, but there is something nice about him being the only guy who never went to the WWE, WWF. So, I mean, it's... It, I'd love to see him, you know, there. But also part of me is like, he's the one guy who never went and took Vince McMahon's money. I, this is it about that. I'm going to say one thing real quick. You want to go to the best. At some point in your career, you want to be, you know, on the best team. Um, you know, uh, play with the best players. You want to work for the best company. Um and so I think it would be a good idea first thing to finish his career out with the WWE. We'll see what happens. Uh, next news item, Japanese star Kenta, a.k.a. Kenta Kabashi, is getting a tryout. At Actually, the it's Kobayashi. That's, uh... Kobayashi, my bad. Like the guy who eats the hot dogs. Exactly. It's getting a tryout at the WWE Performance Center in Orlando, Florida this week. Kenta has worked with Daniel Bryan and Samoa Joe and others from 2005 to 2009 in Ring of Honor. Uh, him and also uh, Prince Debit from New Japan Pro Wrestling has been, offered a con has been offered a contract. This is an interesting thing that they're going to guys from New Japan and NOAA, 
but they're not going after the biggest free agent out there in AJ Styles. So I think that's kind of interesting that they, they'll bring people in, but if they have any association right now with TNA, it's it almost feels like I guess it's not worth their time. So well, that's very interesting. Well, they Sting, and he's associated with TNA. Well, he's, he's been there for years. He's associated with WCW. He's not, you know. I think if you asked well, the average person, they don't even know that he was ever in TNA. Well, one guy is four years older. That I mean, Kenta Kenta is thirty two. Prince Devitt's thirty two. AJ's thirty six years old. You know, if they're going to teach him a WWE style. By the time they teach him this style, he debuts on NXT, they change his name to Jason Richman, or whatever they change his name to, and bring him out, he's going to be 38 years old, 39 years old. I mean, it's a little old for him to be appearing. Maybe they'll do something with him, um, but right now the way it looks is they're looking they're looking into other guys. That's an interesting point, and uh, I think that... The, but the one thing I will say about that is, don't you think it'd be a little bit easier to bring a guy in who speaks English, you know, as, I know it might be, you know, Southern English, but English is their first language. They're bringing in two guys. AJ does not speak it very well. I mean, let's be honest. He's not good on the mic. I mean, you know what I mean? He's be, you're better off having the guys who don't speak English than a guy who speaks very poor English. And this is my opinion. Just one man's opinion. And I love AJ in the ring, but Mingy, he couldn't cut a promo to save his life. And uh, I believe you have won that particular discussion. Um, we will move on. <laughs> I doubt it. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, yes? Uh, no, I mean, that's it. That's, that's, that's all the news that... That's all the news that I have. Uh, well, I guess uh, two other small things. We didn't mention during the Raw segment because there was so many different things going on. Uh, we have the second member of the WWE Hall of Fame. Oh, that's right. Jake the Snake Roberts. Congratulations, Jake the Snake. I'm glad they got him in there. And um, also last week, and this will be our secondary, I guess, TNA thing, uh, TNA Impact Wrestling's uh, Ratings were up with a 1.21 rating from a 1.1 rating. The show drew the prior week. TNA drew 1.555 million viewers, up from 1.316 million viewers from the previous week. That was the uh, saying goodbye, basically, of Sting. And you just wonder, with the ratings going up slightly, does, is that a good sign for these shows that are going to be overseas? And with this coming Thursday... The new investor, which I'm sure is going to be a disaster of a storyline, because you know, it oh, is TNA. Boy. That they, the guy who played that lawyer was the worst actor ever. They paid someone to to do that performance. He was awful. Oh, this investor storyline looks bad. Go ahead. But like I said, you also will have. It looks like the in-ring debut of the American Wolves, which I'm excited for. But you know, like I said, you have a little bit of an uptick from the ratings from the week before, so maybe that could be a good sign. But like I said, you know. Which I've always said, you know, unless TNA or ROH does something worth talking about, there's not going to be much of that. And uh, TNA, that's all for you this week. And ROH fans, if you do have Sinclair, uh, if you're at Sinclair uh, Broadcasting Station or if you have their uh, insider uh, wrestling package, you will, I guess, be seeing the debut of the spoken about AJ Styles versus uh, Roderick Strong 
either uh, today or later on this weekend. So that's something to look forward to. Uh, one, one thing I want to get to quickly, and I know we kind of mentioned it, and I'm kind of springing it on Corey, is our buddy Eddie Z from the Kitchen Sink posted a uh, something on Facebook um, about what he thinks makes a, a star in professional wrestling today. Um, and he put four things up. And we don't need to go too crazy into all this, but I do want to get into it. And we really would love your responses. Uh, we do have a, a, a Facebook uh, page, The Worked Shoot Podcast, or obviously you can find us on Twitter at, at Worked Shoot Pod. Um, but the four things that he says it takes to be a superstar in professional wrestling is you need the size, you need mic skills, you need a gimmick of some sort, and you need, you know, you need a high level of ability. In ring, um, sure. Yeah, yep. And um, so, you know, what do you think that that's, you think that that's pretty accurate? Um, what, I, what, are your, what are your thoughts on that? I think every situation is different. I mean, the reason this came up was because of uh, Daniel Bryant and the backlash from the fans and Eddie Z wanting to be the heel of all heels. Um even though, you know, he's saying he's trying to become a face, which, you know, nobody actually believes. But I think, you know, that those are it's an interesting point of view. But I think that, you know, a guy like Daniel Bryant, when you get that over with the fans, push matter. the man. Yeah. Push the man. And you know he gets he's got in ring. I think he's become a lot better on the mic. I think he's I think he's very good on the mic. I don't think he's I, I don't think he's gotten better on the mic. I think he's at this point he's very good at the mic on the mic. I mean, we've seen him now for six months where he's either on at the beginning of the show or the end of the show. He's cutting a promo almost every week. I think he's improved a lot on the mic, and I think he's really good on the mic now. Uh, and like I said, you know, like I said, now his four things was size, which he doesn't have. Absolutely. He's five. He didn't have size. Shawn Michaels didn't have size. Yeah. Like I said, he's 5'10", he's most likely on a good day. He's great in the ring, so that's one. I think he's become a lot better on the mic. And yes, does he have the greatest gimmick in the world? No. His gimmick is that he's the underdog, which can work. Which is Rey Mysterio. And Rey Mysterio Eddie has Guerrero. made one hell of a career. Yeah, Eddie Guerrero. I mean, a lot of guys played that kind of underdog guy, and they, they were very successful in their career. Shawn Michaels was kind of the underdog for a little while there. I think that's a gimmick, and I think that's something that he can definitely use. He's got, And you know what? He has the yes chant. I mean, he does have a great gimmick. I mean, it's it's something that really came out of nowhere, but it's absolutely a great gimmick. It gets the fans into it. It gets people wanting to go to the to, to watch these shows, to chant yes, to feel like they're part of um, what goes on in the show. I think it's a great gimmick. So I think he has easily three of the four things, and he's great in the ring. We don't have to talk about that. He easily has three of the four things. That He just doesn't have size. So, are there other guys in the WWE that, or TNA or ROH, that come to your mind right away when it comes to this? You know, there are some guys who I feel have that. Um, you look at Damian Sandow. He has the size. He has the mic skills. He has a great gimmick. And I think he has the in-ring ability. Um, is his gimmick enough to necessarily get him as the world champion? I'm not exactly sure, but it's a great, it's a great gimmick. So there, there are some guys, uh, you know, Ziggler we always talk about. He has the size. I think he's gotten a lot better on the mic. 
Uh, his gimmick at this point is kind of the you know the show off, which I think is a good enough gimmick to get over, and he's great in the ring. Um, Orton, he's got the size. I do not think he's good on the mic. His gimmick is that he's I don't know I don't know what his gimmick is, um, and he does have great ability in the ring. So I think the one guy who they're putting up as the best, you know, one of the biggest guys in the company has two out of the four. Um, John Cena. He does have the size. I think he's great on the mic. He, obviously, he's got a gimmick that the fan, that a lot of the fans love, especially the kids. And I think he's gotten better in the ring. So he has at least three out of the four pretty easy. CM Punk, you know, he's got the, he's got the size. He's got the mic skills. Everybody loves him. He's got a great gimmick. And, uh, you know, he's got that in-ring ability. So I think Punk is one of those guys who really has four out of the four, you know, pretty much hands down. Now, you know what is interesting? When we say size, I mean, you almost have to think, what is that cutoff where you think size actually is I the right size? I think over six foot. I think, I, think if you, I think over six. I think a bigger man, bigger than the average man. The average guy is five foot ten. If you're over six feet tall, 225, 230 you know, pounds, you're bigger than the average man. Uh, and, and I think that puts you, you know, size-wise at a pretty good... Uh, pretty good spot. Are there any guys that stand out to you that don't have uh, enough of these criteria to go and be one of the, you know, to be I the mean, man? Let's talk, you know, we talked about it earlier. You know, Biggie Langston. You know, he is horrible on the mic. I mean, it is painful listening to him talk. Um, you know, so I think he's going to struggle. Reigns is a guy who has, you know, he's getting better in the ring. Um, he's gigantic. Uh, I think his mic skills are getting better. He doesn't necessarily have a gimmick other than that he's a badass, but that may be enough. You look at Batista from a few years ago where he had the size, he had a gimmick of being the animal, of being a badass. He was not bad in the ring, and his mic skills weren't great, but he was such a badass that he didn't need to be. So there's, you know, so some guys have maybe one of two of the things they are so overwhelming in those categories that... They don't need the other two. Uh, so I think there are some guys like that. I mean, a guy in TNA who I think is like that is Bobby Roode. I think he can talk. I think he's got great size. Um, I think he's great in the ring. And his gimmick being like the it factor guy, I think it's a great gimmick. Um, you know, Kurt Angle. You know, there's a lot of guys with that. Now, something that has been spoken about over the years, you can believe or not believe, is the fact that one of the, one of the reasons why certain guys don't get pushed is because Vince McMahon did not come up with the gimmick himself. I don't know if that's true, because look at Bray Wyatt right now. I, that was all, from all accounts, from everything I've read and heard, that was Bray Wyatt's... And, and also, Vince McMahon, from what I've, you know, again, interviews that I've heard and things that I've heard, Vince McMahon loves it when people bring ideas to him. You know, he loves it when people bring ideas to him. Yeah, but when it's a WWE idea. So, like, you know, an idea that was developed and became popular in ECW or TNA or ROH. Like, if someone built themselves before they came to the WWE and he can't take uh, the privilege of saying, under his watch, the gimmick came about, it's almost as if it takes more and more to go and become someone big in his eyes. I mean, well, look how long well, it took for... Hold on, Corey. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stop you there. I, I think there's some truth to that. But I think a lot of that goes to copywriting. You know, when they have a when they have a gimmick, they trademark that gimmick. 
So whenever they sell a product based on that gimmick, the WWE gets the money. So if Bobby Roode comes in with his It Factor t-shirts into the WWE and he's got that trademark on that t-shirt, the WWE can't make money off that t-shirt. So I think that's also a factor too. I can see what you're saying there. Now, let me give you a couple other guys who I want to know your opinion. If, if you think they have all four, if they only have a couple of them. Samoa Joe. No. How many of them do you think he what do you What does he have? What doesn't he have? All right. I think we should do a quicker list because I know we're getting low in the podcast. But he has, he, he, I, I don't, he's chubby. I, I, so I guess he has a size, but he's chubby. His mic work's gotten better. Uh, his gimmick is 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 okay, and he's got great in ring ability. But I don't think he has all four of them. Okay, what about a, a young guy like uh, Magnus? I think he's I think he's got pretty close to all four. He's got you know I think he's got pretty close to all four. He's got great size. He's really good on the mic. You know his gimmick at this point, uh, as far as being Dixie's. Guy is, is you know pretty good, and I think that he could come up with something pretty good on his own. And he's got you know very good in ring ability. And the last guy I'm going to give you this, and like I said, all these guys who I'm mentioning are either are not with the company, so I'm just it's bringing in guys with the fact that you know TNA has been rumored to be going out of business every you know every week since it's, it's started. But with the way things are going, it could be sooner than later. But also another guy who who I think might be the best guy not in the WWE right now. Mr. Wrestling, ROH's own Kevin Steen. No, he is, he's, he's overweight. That that disqualifies him immediately. Does he, not, does he have the other three? He's not, he's, not, he's, not a, he's not a big guy. He's fat. He's not just a big guy. He's overweight. He's out of shape. So I, I think that disqualifies him immediately. Do you think he has and the other three, think, though? Um, You know, if he went to the WWE, they would, have to, they would do something different with his character, I'm sure. But... In terms of Ring of Honor, yes, he does. So, you, so in a way, you're kind of saying our, uh, Samoa Joe and Kevin Steen are kind of in the same situation. Exactly, but one is you know Kevin Steen being you know he's much younger than Joe. But yes, I agree. Okay, um, I believe that's everything that we have for you guys this week. Uh, once again, this is the Work Shoot Wrestling Podcast. Uh, this is Corey Richmond. I'm joined by Jason Brooks. Uh, we'd like you to, you know, check out our buddy and who's actually been on the show once and hoping to have him on again in the very near future, Eddie Z's uh, podcast, The Kitchen Sink, which uh, talks about everything including The Kitchen Sink except for politics and religion. They've had some very spirited discussions. They spoke about the cult classic Sharknado this past week, which... Uh, I'm still haven't seen, but, you know, based on what they said, might be interesting to waste, you know, 90 minutes of stupidity. But uh, check out their podcast. They'll have some more interesting things coming up. I even heard they're going to have a Star Wars versus Star Trek debate, which uh, I really don't care either about either one. But, you know, what? I'm sure if anybody can make that an interesting subject matter. You're really selling this podcast real well. Well, you know, when Eddie Z gets on Facebook and tells me, you know, uh, why, why do I watch wrestling? I hate everything. You know, it's a little venom comes out. What can I say? But no, they're two great guys, Eddie Z and Chris Wizard. And if you want to hear some very interesting conversations about pretty much everything, give them a try. They, their podcast usually goes up on Fridays, also on the Podomatic website and iTunes. 
But for more information about our uh, entertaining, I'm hoping at times, podcast, Jason, let us know how you can get in contact with us and everything else good and can be. So a bunch of ways you can get a hold of us. Um, our website is workshoot.podomatic.com. So you go right there, and it's got all of our podcasts on there. Um, we're on Facebook, so you just look up our page, which is the Worked Shoot Podcast. So Worked, W-O-R-K-E-D, not work, like going to work. It's like I've already done it. So the Worked Shoot uh, Podcast. And then we're on Twitter at Worked Shoot Pod. Um, again, I tweet live about Raw. I did the Rumble this week. Um, so, I, you know, I do some stuff. I throw some stuff out there. Um, I, we'd love to get your guys' opinions on, you know, the show, your opinions on the product in general. And, you know, we definitely would love to uh, put some of those opinions out there. And maybe we could, you know, have one of these podcasts actually speak about some of uh, the views that you guys have. And I guess that's going to be all. Just remember, everybody, 26 days until the network. I'm sorry, 20, sorry 26 days till the network. 68 days until WrestleMania, and uh, this Friday on SmackDown, I guess you can see the returning uh, Christian, which, you know, was such a big deal that they decided to go and tell us in passing. But for everybody, thank you for listening again this week, and uh, for Captain Charisma over there, and for, you know, us talking about Captain Boring, for all the captains out there, thank you for joining us this week, and we will see you again next week with more lively discussion about the world of professional wrestling, and how and if and when Jason Brooks will figure a way out of Rochester, New York. See ya. The champ is here. Now, despite what most of you thought was going to happen last night, I beat John Cena yet again and walked out the Royal Rumble with these two titles in my grasp. Some of you say it was a hollow victory, but I don't give a damn. That doesn't matter. What matters is that I won. And then I get to work this morning, and I find out that in less than a month's time, I'm the... I'm to defend my title against five other superstars at the Elimination Chamber. What kind of garbage is that, Brad? Was that your idea? The authorities? Huh? Listen, I demand a little respect, right? I'm the champion of champions. I'm the face of the WWE. 